This podcast is part of Circus Voices, brought to you by Circus Talk, the world's only online, inclusive, independent and international platform exclusively for the circus sector. Before we get started, a reminder from Circus Talk, you still have time to take advantage of the 60% off COVID special on yearly pro membership. Welcome to Monkey See, Monkey Do, exploring circus trends and tropes, one topic at a time. You're listening to Rosie and Ruby. We're two circus practitioners and performers who also run another podcast. It's called Not My Monkeys, and you can find it on all the usual platforms. We work, live, and study circus, so we're here to give you the thoughts on a circus topic each month. What are we going to be talking about today, Ruby? So in this episode, we're going to be talking clowns. Nice. So we'll touch on sort of misconceptions about clowns, um, what you might think of when you think of a clown and what other types of clown there actually are out there. Just to get the ball rolling, Ruby, what are your experiences of clowns or clowning? Well, I went to Circomedia and finished last year and we had quite a lot of clowning classes there. Um, and it varies as mm-hmm. quite a lot of different schools of thought within clown. Um, but a lot of it is a lot more sort of deep than you'd think, uh, quite psychological. You do a mm-hmm. lot of like figuring out what is funny about you inherently, like what are you hiding behind? It's sort of a lot of stripping back layers rather than mm. putting on layers. And and, and and why are you funny, Ruby? Why are you inherently funny? That's a very funny? good question. Am I funny? Out? I mean, I don't know if I'm closer to the answer. <laughs> that one of the things that you realise is how elusive funny can be. Like it's so, oh. you, you do something and then people laugh. And then if you try and recreate that, suddenly the magic's gone or, you know, if you are trying too hard. So it's a lot of, yeah, a lot of that stuff that's really, that's really difficult. A lot of trial yeah. and error comes with clowning, doesn't it? You've got to almost sort of just keep going and going yeah. and going until something kind of vaguely works <laughs> and then you might never be able to do it again. It's very strange. And what's your experience of clown like, Rosie? Well, I mean, I feel like I've seen a lot of clowns you know, uh, on stage uh, from the traditional, like kind of in the circus ring kind, which I love. And then also the contemporary, yeah. you know, like you get like one-man shows or like just troop shows of clowning. It's also in theatre a lot, so, you know, you see a lot of it everywhere. Um, but also, I almost forgot, I kind of am a clown <laughs> for my job. <laughs> you it's are, my job. You are literally a clown, yes. <laughs> yeah, I almost, you know, got away with that one. But yeah, my... Um, job of working in hospitals is kind of is i think the nearest thing you could call it is clowning although it is i'd say it is yeah no i don't think many people would have a problem calling it clowning it's just i Mm. don't think we're very like a a traditional kind of clowning and also i like to when i talk about my job talk about how a lot of it is play uh with because it's all for very young children or older children as well actually but you know it's it's a one-to-one interaction a lot of the time because the vast majority of people you see are just them in a hospital bed and, you know, you're just trying to have a little bit of fun. You're not necessarily putting on a show. You're just trying to be a bit entertaining, a bit colourful and maybe have a game or two. And those games, like a lot of clowns on stage play games as well with the audience. So it's easy to combine yeah. play and clowning like that as a role. So, yeah, that's what I do. And I am I'm so that's. It. Yeah. And so that's as a as a giggle doctor in, in hospitals, in case mm. anyone hasn't heard of them, they're really cool, you should check them out. But I, I was wondering if you've ever had any experiences of people, you know, children that are scared of clowns in hospitals when you've been working there? Has, has, have you ever freaked anyone out? Um, no, not really. 
Uh, I haven't been doing it for, a, you know, a long, long time, though. So I haven't had, like, the world's biggest experience of it. Um, also, I think... Uh, I don't look super clowny. I don't have a red nose. The comp the charity that I work for, Theodora, I will drop their name in there in case anyone wants to check them out. They are a charity. Um, they kind of, they shy away from the idea of like, you know, red noses and big shoes and classic clowny because in different cultures, they are all over the world. It can mean very different things and it's important yeah. to be respectful of everything and everyone. So we go in quite often in our white doctor's coats with very, very silly clothes underneath. You know, one of my friends has a teapot for a hat. One of them has buckets for <laughs> shoes. You know, you've got something funny underneath, but, you know, you look like you're still supposed to be in the hospital. People aren't that, like, shocked to see you because you're kind of blending in, but there's just something a bit funny about you, and that's kind of the level of clowning that we get to, which I think is just yeah. perfect. It's perfect for the role. Yeah, and I'm sure people come to it from quite a lot of different backgrounds mm. and there's like you said that there's so many different types of of clowning but we we went to see a show in london um by opposable thumb called colorophobia which was all about that fear of clowns and that sort of um media frenzy that there was particularly in like 2016 there was a big hype around people dressing up as clowns to scare people mm -hmm. in the street and um yeah, sort of around the time of the film it coming out and um, people were, it's one of those things where actually probably the media covering it so much made it a bigger thing and sort of fed into the the scaremongering a bit, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. It was definitely, it was so short lived as well. It was one of those trends that had appeared instantly overnight and then disappeared within the week. It kind of made the headlines and then just, I don't know, did it just stop? Because it was October, did it just get too cold and people couldn't be bothered to stand outside as a clown anymore? Like, it's it was such a strange moment in time. But and yet I feel it had quite a big impact on people. If you talk about clowns, they do like a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, like those ones that used to dress up and stand around on the side of roads yeah. and scare you. Like, yeah, for like a week. <laughs> Along with the, yeah, the film It and that those people dressing up as clowns, I think there's definitely like a cultural hangover of people seeing clowns as a really creepy scary thing um mm. yeah it's it's such a shame because i will say like clowns hundreds and hundreds of years the history of clowning or you know tomfoolery and such like that has been dashed like in since like the late 70s early 80s stephen king writing his it book john wayne gacy being the clown serial killer in the 70s he's a real guy you should definitely listen to another podcast about him somewhere if you can find it and like all the films that came out following the success of the first 80s it film like the killer clowns mm. from space stuff it just it's almost like ruined the reputation of a particular kind of clown in just such a short amount of time despite like <laughs> hundreds of years before <laughs> everyone being like oh wow yeah clowns you know what, Ruby, you know a little bit about this whole like fear of clowns and why why would people fear a clown anyway? Because despite obviously in the films, there are they're monsters and they're like horrible creatures. But there is another reason why people would find clowns disarming. Yeah, people have looked into it. I think part of it is um, some people say that maybe when you're a kid, you're learning to distinguish what's normal you know and like what facial mm -hmm. features are so then seeing exaggerated facial features can be really strange and unnerving mm -hmm. and I think um 
yeah, there's this thing called the uncanny valley effect in psychology, which is where something is disturbing um, because it's nearly lifelike. Like people talk about it with robots a lot. Mm-hmm. That's that's thing that un- unnerves dolls us. Are creepy, yeah, aren't they? yeah. Mm-hmm. When something's almost human, but it's just not quite. I think that yeah. can put people on edge, definitely. And we actually have like quite good reasons why clowns look the way they do when it comes to the faces and the outfits. But we cover that in our own podcast um, in our new episode that is going to be about costumes and things. So if you are don't want to delve specifically into that, I would just check out our Not My Monkeys podcast later in yeah. the month. But yeah, clowns are actually around today so much. I think people, there is a very narrow view of what clowning is and, and who it's for. You know, it's for Mm. children in trad circus or at birthday parties and I think Mm. people don't quite understand actually the wide reach that that clowning has and like yeah how many cultural things are influenced by clown like yeah Mm -hmm. if you've got any examples what do you who do you think of as modern clowns when I think of modern clowns the thing that sticks in my head and I don't know why I love mentioning it it's the little yellow circle men the minions like they are (laughs) they're such classic clowns and like they were deliberately by the animators made i mean i know a fair bit about animation and stuff as well so like i have looked into this this is such a weird thing that they designed these minions to effectively be like the clowns in a circus they talk in clownese which is obviously like the babbling language that clowns can use (laughs) and they find the ordinary like confusing but also entertaining Mm. and hilarious so like you know a banana becomes a telephone. Um, a lawnmower <laughs> becomes their rocket ship. Like they're very, very clown-like in everything. Ah, that's they do. interesting. And I the didn't physical know that. world. Yeah, the physical world. They they have no rules. They can like bounce off walls and they can tumble onto each other. Um, but they still feel pain and react and be sad and stuff. So they're very, very clown-like in every way. And children adore them because they're so funny to them in that they embody everything that clowning is. So it's very funny that people are saying oh, my little kid doesn't like clowns, loves the minions, though. <laughs> you know, everything embodying a clown they love. <laughs> yeah, and people like Mr. Bean, like that's a proper classic that's clown. That's an excellent example, and like, yeah. Even just in Hollywood, like I was thinking about like Rebel Wilson, like there are plenty of mm-hmm. comedy actors who will have been mm. influenced by clown. You know, there actually a lot of serious actors go and study under like Gaulier in France, who's a French clown, um, mm. because of all, how, how much it's actually about getting down to your essence and stripping you back. And yeah, it's interesting that it can be so silly and yet so uh, serious <laughs> at yeah, the same time a, clowning. I think it should be considered to be such a high art form because it's, it's everything mm. stripped bare and so many people couldn't do it even if they tried. Like I think that it's definitely, I would definitely call it a specialist skill when it's done well there's absolutely no denying it and everybody just falls in love with it you know when there are really great clowns on stage everyone's enjoying themselves uh yeah and when it's done not well you you know you fall into the <laughs> presumption that you're like oh it's for kids birthday parties isn't it Ah, oh, it's just for kids to scream at and like laugh at someone tipping a bucket over it's all oh, the same the same the same yeah but good good clown is gonna is is for everyone yeah for sure it and is, like yeah people falling over like slapstick's done well is is just so undeniably universally funny when it's done well um so just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by circus talk during the time of pandemic circus talk has a new feature in their event section that will help artists and companies to get paid for their work 
So if you get a basic or a free membership, you can list your live stream on demand show or live show and events. And you can also sell tickets and collect pay what you can donations via Circus Talk. You can list your classes and workshops and collect the class fees directly through Circus Talk's PayPal ticketing. They'll also help to promote these shows and classes on social media, which is a great way to expand your audience beyond your own personal network and social media followers. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk about eggs now. <laughs> so something that I found out about, which I got really excited about when researching about clowns. Ooh, go on then, tell me. I'm excited as well now. Is uh, So there's an organisation... I'm excited. <laughs> oh, are you excited to hear what I have to say? I'm very excited to hear what you have to say. Well, that is exactly the right feeling that I would like you to have because I've I've cracked some interesting <laughs> this is no yolk Ruby it better be good <laughs> no yolk oh that was good um so I'm fine everything's this fine. Is all going in everything's fine don't put this all in um yeah so there's this professional club called Clowns International um and they've got a clown church in london in east london it's actually in the mm-hmm. trinity church um where they have uh, a collection of eggs believe it or not given all of those clues that you just had um and um these eggs have on them painted immaculately uh, individual clowns makeup so it started in 1946 when there was this chemist who started painting faces of famous clowns on the time just as a hobby um but then yeah, it got brought back up in in 1987 um, and they started practising. Yeah, they collected that collection and then they've started adding to it. So they're using it as a sort of informal registry, a way for clowns to get recognised. Um, and it's true that you can't have um, two clowns with the same clown face paint. So if you are one of those clowns that uses yeah. a distinctive face paint, like either white face or like, you know, like a, a painted red nose or a smile... You can't have um, one another clown in the past has already had because that belongs to them. So that's why there's a lot of exactly. like unique, yeah, yeah, like faces and patterns, and some have things on the eyes and some don't. And yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, so you have to register your face mm. essentially and your name, and not everyone you have to apply, so you might not get accepted. Mm. Um, but yeah, it serves as a sort of visual historical record and a way to sort of uphold. Like, yeah, a sense of pride in the profession and yet it's a way to stop people uh, copying makeup and stuff. So they'll and mm. you can get guidance on how to do your makeup or how not to do the makeup. I just love to think that there is somebody whose job is uh, Debbie Smith, to be precise, is currently the um, the egg artist <laughs> for Clowns International. And she got that position wow. by. Exactly. Thank you, Debbie Smith. You paint great things little clown faces on eggs it's pretty cool that the whole concept of clowning or like the origins of it in society have always been like it's always been a bit mocking it's always been a bit satirical i think you know they're always making fun either of themselves or of somebody else and they often like imitate things that are popular at the moment like as soon as telephones came out it was funny <laughs> for clowns to imitate telephones or to like to have conversations or to do funny things with them as soon as televisions came out they were copying things from tv shows and mirroring society back to it and they do this it's happened throughout all of history so you can go all the way back to different kinds of tribes like ruby has some interesting stuff about like the native american tribes 
African tribes all over Asia and obviously medieval England as well with the jesters. Everywhere has their their person who mocks the higher-ups and is allowed to because, you know, you kind of need to be a little bit mocked sometimes <laughs> so that you get your priorities right. And it's a really important role in society, which means that clowns, even today, they play an important role. They make you think about how silly things are or how silly they could be or how extreme things could be. And I just think, you know, we need maybe more clowns to show us these sort of things. <laughs> unprecedented times, more clowning. Yeah, exactly. Times. It's always this position of the other um, who's then able to be this really extreme mm -hmm. character and reflect something to the extreme to make you sort of realise the ridiculousness in the thing that they're mocking. And yeah. Mm. Maybe I don't want to like end on a really crazy uh, controversial note, but are memes clowns? <laughs> thank, thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome um, back. The answer is no. <laughs> But that's obviously talking about clowns from the past. I think they're still relevant today and they're necessary. But, you know, Ruby, do you see them having any kind of place in society right now? Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. Um, I think, yeah, there's a, there is a power in the clown. There's high status clown and there's low status clown. But there are always this outsider and it does enable you to especially politically like satirize the system or mm -hmm. just just throw things into question like things that are accepted when you have this almost childlike uh clown position they're able to poke fun at what is accepted and that yeah feels really important it's interesting when some political leaders almost seem seem like satirical characters in themselves like how do you mm. satirize <laughs> um well, already an already seems so bizarre. ridiculous yeah. person and, yeah, and exactly. I wonder if that's why perhaps people do link clowns to children, because children have such a, an innocence and honest view of things. Like, you know, they will call it as they see it and then they will mock it if they feel like it. And I think that clowns are yeah, a lot like exactly. that as well. And I think that that's where the, the real joy of children loving clowns comes from, because a lot of children adore it to bits when they get to interact with, you know, we're not always picturing a traditional clown in a circus ring, but any form of walkabout or like interaction that's based around clowning and games, they just, they lap it up because they finally see a kind of truth in it. And children are so used to living in the truth. They're so honest and they're so open all the time that when they finally meet some adults that will communicate to them like that, I think they just enjoy it immensely. And that's a really big, yeah. it's a big it's part of clowning for me. I don't know about you, but it's very much about being like open uh, and honest and really like in the moment so that you have nothing kind of almost nothing planned at least in my role of it so that you can just interact on a really honest way with a child mm. yeah definitely it's kind of getting rid of all of your <laughs> all of the adult thinking that gets in the way mm. of that and yeah kind I think that's why it's similar to child and it's stripping back to sort of that naive perspective and like coming to something fresh like you know a broom or a banana or something <laughs> becoming funny because you're looking at it you're discovering it as a new object you you aren't mm. like oh I know what this is for um and yeah I think it's I think clowns are really important I think it's really important that they aren't just seen as for kids because I do think that they really serve a purpose for adults and like some of those um references that we talked about were actually they are they are kind of in contemporary culture all the time um 
And the, the problem with comedy is because if you do it well, it looks effortless. So I think it's a craft that kind of goes unnoticed sometimes, which is because it's being done well. But notice how many aspects of entertainment or or not even just entertainment, you know, like a lot of it comes from actual like tribal traditions. And that's like more of a spiritual practice that's actually not about performance in the same way. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to see, basically, if people say they don't like clown, they're probably wrong <laughs> or lying. Yeah, they don't, they don't know it, but they probably are wrong. They do. I'm sure they do. If they ever laugh at anything, they probably like clown. <laughs> And that's my conclusion. <laughs> oh, God, was that really the ending phrase? Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Monkey See, Monkey Discuss. This has been Rosie and Ruby. Unfortunately, this is our last episode of the series, but we would love it if you come and check out our other podcast. I know, two podcasts, that's how busy we are. It's called Not My Monkeys. Not My Monkeys is full of circus news, reviews and interviews. There's jugglers, acrobats and all kinds of people from the circus world on our podcast, so come and check it out. You can get it on all your usual podcast platforms like Spotify and Google Play and even like Anchor and SoundCloud, so check it out. We have a new website as well. It's notmymonkeyspodcast.com. So if you want the transcripts, the links, or more information of all the cool things we talk about on those episodes, check it out. This podcast is part of Circus Voices, brought to you by Circus Talk, and the original podcast music is by Book Kennison. As Rosie mentioned, unfortunately, this is, is our last episode in this series, but please stay tuned for future series produced by Circus Talk and subscribe to Circus Voices wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Eggs. <laughs>